Hi, I'm Sophia, and today I'll be talking about environmentalism and its relation to Marxism. When we take a look at the market system capitalism has built itself around, it's really clear that the world is seen as no more than an endless supply of exploitable resources. It's apparent that we will not solve our problems surrounding climate change without the abolishment of capitalism. Capitalism has produced a strict divide between what is the vital connection of human relation. The fixed system has separated the worker from the labor process and thus from relationships between humans. Capitalists have continuously learned how to exploit and strip our land of its resources for their own capital gain. Yet this is when we turn to black and indigenous along with other BIPOC folk for guidance when it comes to the necessary steps to undoing these actions. Karl Marx teaches us that nature is man's inorganic body, that is to say nature in so far as it is not the human body. Man lives from nature and he must maintain a continuing dialogue with it if he is not to die. A popular concept of Marx is that of alienated labor, a product of capitalism. We can really see the origins of this uh, with the beginnings of property owning and the true separ separation of land. This is exhibited in like pre-colonial times where Native Americans had a preconceived notion of common land. Yet with, when Europeans offered to buy the land from them, the Native Americans simply laughed in their face. The idea of viewing land as something to be owned and divided up for individual use was foreign to them. For Native Americans, while they would sell the land, believed they only sold the rights to use the land, and the person's right to use it was temporary. They respected land and saw it as something to be used communally by all members of the group. On the other hand, the Europeans believed that the individual owner of land would be free to do whatever they wanted with the land. This was just one example of just a loss of way of life where people were able to foster connection and relationship to nature. Another one of Marxist's critiques was that capitalism disrupts the link between humans and the rest of the natural world, really leading to the detriment of both. Marx would call this the, me the metabolic rift, an inseparable break in the coherence of social intercharge prescribed by the la natural laws of life. I wanted to talk to Lena Mustafa, the farm director at Montclair Community Farms, whose mission it is to engage and educate the community through urban farming, affordable food access, and healthy living. This summer, I had the privilege to work with her, and she has really helped in opening my eyes surrounding our issues with environmentalism, but most importantly has shown me some solutions and steps towards combating it. I'm here with Lena Mustafa, um, the farm director at Montclair Community Farms, whose mission it is to engage and educate the community through urban farming, uh, affordable food access, and healthy living. So, like, hi, Lena. Could you tell me about your background, your heritage, where you grew up, so we can get to know you a bit more? Yeah, definitely. So, first of all, I want to say I'm super honored to be here speaking with you, and I'm very excited to share more information about myself and. Montclair Community Farms as an organization and talk about what we do within the community. Um, so to give you some background information on myself, I am a Palestinian American. I am also a mother. I'm a beekeeper, chicken keeper, and an urban homesteader. I got my start in urban farming actually as a kid. Um, I was very curious and loved gardening. Um, my parents moved around a lot. So I had to start over several times throughout my life. But the one constant that remained was the garden. Um, so instead of making new friends, I would just start a new garden every time we moved. 
Um, and that was between New Jersey, Philadelphia, and Palestine. So I got to spend a lot of time back home, uh, connecting with my roots, with my grandparents and their love and connection to the land. Um, I feel super fortunate to have been able to learn from my elders and appreciate the earth that we're on. Um, and I carried that over into my life um, as a mother. Um, I was a stay-at-home mom for most of my life. I got married very young. So I got married at 18, had a baby at 19. Um, and so the garden was our place of learning. So I would take the kids out to the garden, teach them about food, teach them how to grow food, um, you know, just uh, engage their curiosity with butterflies, worms, anything that they were interested in. Um, I eventually went to college to study biology. And that's when I realized that I can actually make a career out of my passion. I realized that there were a lot of people working in food systems, um, advocating for sustainability. And I knew that I wanted to be a part of the change. So I applied to a job posting at Montclair Community Farms. They were looking for a, a farm manager as part-time. And I showed up one day, I did the interview. I had no job experience whatsoever. And I, I just had my passion shine through. So that's how I ended up at Montclair Community Farms. Um, <laughs> and how do you think like the community garden, like what it really means to the people of like food insecurity in Montclair and like people interested in sustainability or even people who are just curious about learning more about like how to farm to table and sort of like what you're all about? Um, well, like you mentioned, our mission is to educate and engage our community through farm food and health. So first of all, we're a learning garden. So we grow a little bit of everything and our hope and our goal is to really, you know, have people who come to visit the garden, see what it's like to grow tomatoes, see what it's like to grow pepper, see what it's like to grow carrots, lettuce, just make that connection to their food and where it comes from. And um, what we found, what I found personally over the last couple of years is that it's actually more than just a place to learn about your food. It's a place to connect. It's a place to get to know yourself. Um, I work with a lot of youth, middle school and high school. Um, it's a place where people come to take responsibility, to express themselves. Um, and of course, to feel good, just a place to come out and be in nature, surrounded by people who are also just as curious as yourself. Uh, so it's been it's been very interesting, interesting, I think, working in a community garden and connecting with locals, um, engaging people of all ages. So we have programs, our, our Sprouts and Sweet Pea programs are geared towards, you know, kids K to two. And then we have some middle schoolers and we have high school groups and then we have seniors. So it's such a wide spectrum of people that are coming together. Um, to make the Montclair Community Farms community what it is today. Yeah, and I remember once you said, and it really like stuck with me, that humans are the only species that take from earth without giving back. And then mm -hmm. I remember like a really powerful lesson from you coming from that. But like, um, can you talk more about like how the Farmpreneurs Program and how like that, and how like that's one of the ways you're bringing this work to younger generations? Yeah, definitely. I. Yeah, I, I mean that deeply because when we look at society, we are all about taking and not so much about giving and that creates an imbalance and our planet basically runs on checks and balances. So most 
creatures somehow, some way find a way to give back or at least balance their ecosystem, except for us, of course. Um, but there are ways to change that. So there are people who are trying to create some change, right, and balance things out. Um, our farmpreneur program is geared towards, you know, people, young people who don't have access to green spaces, who don't have the opportunity to get out and actually learn about gardening or their food system. Um, our hope is that we can engage them in a way to get them to connect to their food system, to connect to themselves, learn about entrepreneurship and just broaden their horizon. Um, they also pick up culinary art skills. And of course, it's a paid internship. So the goal is also to teach people their worth or help them at least connect to their worth. So people deserve to be paid for their time. And that also goes for young people. Just because you're young doesn't mean that your time is not valuable. So we want to create that equity. Yeah, and I feel like you kind of sort of already answered this, but like, what did you personally like hope to accomplish when you started the program? Well, the program itself definitely has its own mission. Its mission is to stimulate the demand for organic grain in New Jersey. There's actually a whole entire movement happening across New Jersey where people are working to strengthen, strengthen their local food economies and their local food systems through organic grain, which in and of itself, growing grains is very taxing on the environment. And the whole push to go organic is to help regenerate the earth. It's a regenerative process. So you can actually grow grains and harvest it for wheat or you know whatever uses. But growing that grain is actually good for the soil. It's good for the earth. It's pulling in atmospheric nitrogen and putting that back into the soil. So it's very beneficial. Um, on a more personal level, I think it's definitely to empower young people to take initiative, to, to just show them how revolutionary it is to grow your own food. Um, you know, food is by medicine. We have so many diseases and illnesses going on in society right now. And people, for some reason or another, not, it's not a mystery, actually. It's very calculated and methodical. We are very disconnected from our food for a reason, and that's for corporate gain. Um, all of these, like, marketing strategies that these corporations have kind of inflicted on us have worked over the last 50 years. Um, so our hope is, of course, to teach young people some life skills, but also to empower them to create change and for them to realize that, you know, the future is in their hands. They are inheriting this earth and their decisions today matter, just like our decisions as adults today matter. And there are consequences to all of the implications that we're doing to the earth. No, yeah, I it, makes me right. it makes me it makes me sad to think of it once I go down that rabbit hole I'm like oh no but I feel like it's issues like that but then it's also like people like you and like these initiatives that really like you know show that like change can be made and like within our own community and so like with yeah. that I think like another special factor about it and I think you touched upon it um is how like the program specifically recu recruits like youth in urban areas and places where like opportunities like these aren't usually offered or like advertised and like like to you why is that significant or like why do you think that's like a specific thing they wanted to make in the yeah 
Yeah, definitely. So to touch on that initial comment on climate change and change in general, change usually occurs on the inside, right? You can't expect the world to change if you are unable to change yourself. Um, why we are targeting um, and recruiting kids from urban areas is mostly because of accessibility. A lot of these kids do not have access or the means to participate in such activities, leisurely activities. A lot of these kids don't even realize that, you know, agriculture is a potential career pathway for them or entrepreneurship or culinary arts. Uh, so we really wanna give them the opportunity to broaden their horizon, um, give them some job training skills, um, some work readiness skills, you know, um, and, and be able to also pay them, right? So a lot of these kids come from low-income families and then you have transportation as a factor that limits them. And then there are all these different things. So for us, it's about creating equity, giving them a stipend that's gonna allow them to pay for their transportation, helping them get bus tickets, helping them build their resumes and any way that we can actually like support young people and giving them the opportunity to grow and kind of get out there in the world, break out of the, the mold that they're in um, is, is really important to us. I think like another um, really great part of like MCF is like your initiative with the mobile farm stand and its impact on communities in Montclair with food insecurity. Um, and can you like talk more about that and like what it means to those that participate in the program? Mm -hmm, definitely. Uh, so we talked earlier about what we grow in the garden, but we didn't really talk about what we do with the food that we grow. Uh, so we do have a mobile farm stand and our mobile farm stand is geared toward delivering fresh, organic, local, affordable food directly to people in need um, or low access communities. And that could mean a whole wide range of things. So in particular, we visit senior housing sites for obvious reasons seniors don't usually drive and a lot of these locations do not have a produce store that's within walking distance of their proximity so for us we wanted to kind of bridge the generational gap so we do a lot of education with youth and then we support our senior population with fresh food and vegetables and it goes beyond just delivering these vegetables to people. There's also this social engagement that happens. So our seniors actually love the farm stand. They love connecting with young people. They're always cracking jokes, sharing stories, um, sharing recipes. So it's another way to connect. And I think that society has also shifted over the last couple decades where we used to value the wisdom that seniors and older people would give young people. And now with such a changing busy society, a lot of people are opting from keeping their senior parents at home to now putting them in group housing or senior centers. And we're, we're losing this like whole entire, like almost like, a passing down of knowledge. You know what I mean? Old people have so much wisdom, they have so much experience, they have so much to share and say, and we're missing out on the opportunity. And so with the mobile farm stand, you have young people who are 
working with us, visiting the senior population, engaging in conversation, putting themselves out there. Some conversations could be super awkward because, you know, older people are very blunt. Um, so it's like <laughs> interpersonal skills while also, of course, giving them this beautiful produce. So yeah, it's, a, like, it's, a fun, it's a fun adventure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I feel like you really touch on something that I feel like is also missing. Like, I feel like a big part of activism is not only like, you know, that youthful, like kind of resilience that comes with like, you know, feeling like young and like, you know, like, you know, radical and like wanting change, mm -hmm. but also like we, we reflect, we, we like forget to like reflect on like our elders really. And like, I feel like that's a big mm -hmm. um, gap that we've created. And I feel like it's really like almost like an American way because in a lot of like BIPOC and like POC families yeah. and cultures, it's always like you live with all of your family, like you um you're raised with and you stay with your grandparents and you like mm -hmm. always are taking care of them and like you look towards them they're like the major like you know they're the ones running the household and it's like oh yeah that disconnect now and it's like now mm -hmm. they're like mistreated and not even seen as human beings they're like they're treated discarded like they're they're they're, yeah. they're marginalized really that's what really happens they almost get like tossed to the wayside and I totally resonate with that comment because, you know, I mentioned I was Palestinian. I grew up in a household where my grandmother's very respected and revered. She's still around, of course, but like, I will not dare raise my voice to my grandmother, like out of love and adoration, not, a, and not out of fear. And um, she actually took care of her parents while they're, till they were like six feet under. And um, I watched that you know, I watched that happen throughout my, my youth. So I, I remember like the love and appreciation and the wisdom and the respect that they had for these elders. And um, I think that's something that I value um, within myself. And, you know, I really emphasize that with my youth, um, just connecting with people, being okay when they ask questions, laughing things off, taking pictures, being silly, because we have a lot of different seniors with uh, rambunctious personalities. So it's always entertaining. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of value in that. And I think there's something to say about a society that discards any type of person. Yeah, thank you for that. Um, yeah. And so I came across the climate change hunger crisis report um, where I had mentioned reduced access to sufficiently nutritious foods, impairs nutritional status and diminishes diminishes resilience particularly in low-income communities and so can I was wondering if you could talk a little bit more about like how projects like the mobile farm stand can like locally address some of the problems we're facing globally yeah definitely so you know the mobile farm stand the goal is to make food a human right if you want good food you should be able to afford it it should be accessible should be readily available. Why? Because our futures depend on 